Hello, Woodlane community. This is Pastor Brian, and you are listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast, episode 005. If you are listening to this, you are an honorary member of our community where we seek to bring the presence of Christ to those around us. In this episode, we're going to face the fact that if you have friends or family, you will have conflict at some point in your life. It's just inevitable. But how we choose to deal with that conflict can swing the health of our relationship one way or the other. It's time to use our words to fight right. Have you ever start a conversation with somebody, and as things start to progress, maybe even just a couple words in, you start to have this thought in your head, wow, they must have woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. Maybe you've had a conversation and you think, wow, they must have woke up on the wrong side of the bed like every day this month. (laughs) You know what? It's even worse when the person wakes up five feet from you. I mean, ask Rachel. She knows all about this. I I don't know. I'm just kind of referring to theory here and all that. You know, if you're in a relationship long enough, and this is a relationship of any kind, friendships, spousal, family, at some point, that wake up on the wrong side of the bed conversation is going to point at you. I don't like the way you did this, or you didn't do it the way I wanted, or I'm mad at you, or repeat ad nauseum. And we may all wish for the honeymoon period to, to go on forever, where everyone's getting along and nobody's fighting, and it's all lollipops and gumdrops. But the fact is, when that moment hits, and you feel that fight starting to brew up inside, you know exactly what that feeling is, I'm sure. And it's just waiting for the spark to drop. That is when things can go either really well in your relationship or really bad. And we all have the power to swing it one way or the other with one idea. And today, we're going to figure out how to make sure things swing in the right direction. Let's pray together. God, transform us today through your word. Help us to have the courage and the strength and humility to follow your word, to build those relationships stronger and tougher. Help us to do that today, we pray. Amen. Well, that one idea comes out in the writings of one of my favorite writers, James. You see, he is one who, throughout his book, and, and this is maybe a tame version of it, but he is a very just knock you upside the head, tell it like it is, shoot from the hip kind of guy. It's one of the reasons I like him so much. He says in chapter 3 of his, of his letter, he says, If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Look at ships. Though they are so large and it takes such strong winds to drive them, yet they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire, and the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of an enemy. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of nature, and is itself set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by human species. But no one can tame the tongue, a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse those who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. But you pick up on that one idea that can swing our conflicts 
one way or the other. The tongue. Probably one of the smallest, yet also one of the strongest muscles in our human body. And by extension, our words can have that same kind of power, can have that same kind of way of being able to swing a conflict one way or the other. Because the fact is, conflict happens. Fights happen. Welcome to being human beings. We may not like them, but actually, the truth is, here's a little bit of hope for you. Conflict can actually be good for a relationship. For a real relationship. Because imagine this, if you had a, a relationship with somebody, and it was always perfect, and you always got along, you know what, I bet that friendship, that relationship, would stay at this surface level, skin deep. Never be able to go any deeper. All relationships would be acquaintances, at best, maybe. So as we approach Valentine's Day, the relationship Super Bowl at Hallmark Stadium coming up in a few weeks, you know, we're going to have a little mini-series to look at how to fight right. You know, because like words, conflict can swing our relationships one way or the other and can put our relationships at a crossroad. And in conflict, when that fight starts to brew and maybe that match drops, your relationship can either grow up or blow up. And words can determine which way the relationship goes. So how do words help make that determination? Let's find out. Y'all know what this prior looks like. Insert arms crossed, pout face, that fight starts to brew, and right away we bring out the big guns, the silent treatment. Bom, bom, bom! You know, it can be, help us to feel good, Make us feel strong to be able to put somebody, uh, make them feel uncomfortable when we're disagreeing, when we're fighting. It feels so great to cause discomfort and pain to somebody that we love. I can lay on the sarcasm a little bit thicker if necessary, but hopefully I don't need to. So how do we use words when we're in this kind of situation, facing away, arms crossed, pouty face? Well, remember that words are powerful, and that our words... Our sentences can become snaps more than anything else. Can you pass the creamer? Get it yourself! <laughs> and the smallest things can start to blow up and words just exhibit their power. This can put us in a little bit of a quandary. Because again, words are powerful. Words can make a big difference. Yet without them, we hit, our relationship hits like this glass ceiling. Because believe it or not, silence cannot solve conflict. So words have to come out. Now maybe, is there a time that it's good for the relationship that we sort of maybe hit the pause button on talking? Well, I'll give you two ideas that may be good times when we sort of stop and take a step back. First off, if the conflict has, has pushed a button in us that starts to get our blood boiling, some conflicts just hit that hot button and we get so fired up that we can't think straight, let alone try and deal with the conflict in a good way. So that's maybe a time when we take a step back. When we set ourselves up so that we are able to deal with it. That's, that's the goal of, of stepping back, not trying to duck the situation so we don't have to deal with it. The important part in this, when we take a step back, is to remind the other person, let's resume this conversation at XYZ time. A few hours down the road, maybe a few days. We're not talking months and years. We're not ducking the situation. 
But this is giving us a chance to be able to deal with it. And reminding the, the other person, there's going to come a moment where we need, for the sake of the relationship, to unpause the conversation. Maybe there's a time when the other, when you've tried to, to reconcile and to, and to bring healing to the, to the relationship, and the other person's like, nope, not deal with it, just and they run away. And maybe we need to give them a little bit of time. That's maybe another time when we, when we step back. But hopefully, when the emotions have, have settled down and the snaps can turn back into sentences, we can move forward. Now we're getting somewhere. Now, we still got to remember words can be powerful. Words can do a lot of good or do a lot of bad, whichever way they, they swing. They can still swing things one way or the other. You know, a spark in the hands of a Christian can still start a forest on fire, just as much as a non-Christian. But now there's hope. Because once we start facing each other, now we can break through that glass ceiling and start to fix the conflict. Now that we've broken through the sound. So what do we do here? How do we use words? Well, maybe a little bit bigger than words. I'm going to draw one lesson. We'll give you two ideas here. One lesson that we'll draw from the idea of design. Now, I was never a really good biology student, but I did pretty good in anatomy. And so somebody might have to check me on this a little bit, but let me get this straight. We have two ears and one mouth. Am I right on that? So far, yeah. So far? Okay, good. My professors would be very happy with me. You know what? Maybe there's something behind the whole fact that God sort of designed us that way. So how do we use words when the, when the words are actually supposed to start coming out? When we're finally in this kind of, at this step, we use our words for clarity. Matthew 18, verse 15, which is a whole chapter that's dealing on a specific form of conflict within the community, says, if somebody, if a brother or sister sins against you, go and point out their fault to them. Now my point is not to advocate for finger pointing. My point is to advocate for clarity. Go and tell them what's wrong. Don't try and make them guess. Don't try and play mind games or or do this passive-aggressive thing. Tell them, this is what I'm mad about. This is what hurt me. Now, ladies, please, as a favor to all male species, please pay attention to this statement. Because we try to be as awesome as we can for you, but you know what? Mind reader didn't make it to the resume. So be clear. Tell. You know what it does? That'll take that elephant that's in the room and shrink it down. Now all of a sudden you can deal with it. Now you can fix it. Now things can move closer and closer and closer to reconciliation. Because ultimately that's the goal, right? Because ultimately, remember this, you're on the same team. All of this about dealing with conflict and, and taking the step to have those tough conversations is meant on, build, on building the relationship back up, strengthening it, healing it where it has gotten out of sync. And that's the why to this whole thing. Now maybe if you get to this point and, and you kind of had the tough conversation and you dealt with the conflict and all that, maybe the relationship does not look exactly the same. And that's okay, maybe that's even healthy. We're going to deal with that a little bit next week. But James says, in all his in-your-faceness, he reminds us that the tongue that curses can also bless. 
Paul says in Ephesians 4, verse 29, he says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it might benefit those who listen. So what do, how do we use words? For encouragement, for building up. Is it easy? Well, we'll say maybe it can be a bit scary. Because it takes humility to seek out understanding or to seek out reconciliation over just spewing out poison for the sake of feeling good about something that's probably not going to matter much in the end anyway. But the fact is, the Jesus that you are called to model did this all the time. I mean, he had conversations with people, sat down with people who were, their first reaction would have been to shirk away. This Jew, why is he talking to me? He sat down and had conversations with people who, when his disciples walked in on the conversation, went, Jesus, hey, what's up? Why are you talking to them? Do you know who they are? You said, yeah, I do. I'm sitting down, I'm having a conversation with them. Jesus, through his words, and there was a lot to back up his words, spoke forgiveness for people who, at the moment he spoke forgiveness, were in the process of killing him. And that same Jesus sent the Holy Spirit so that you would have the power, you would have the courage to have that conversation. Tough as it may be, hard as it may be, requiring as much humility as it may take to do so, to find the way for reconciliation, for building back up, as Paul says, for building others up. So what's the conversation maybe that you've been ducking? What's the the person that pops in your head that when you see them coming down the street or walking down the aisle in in weapons, you, you skirt over to the other side of the street or find another aisle to go down just so you can avoid them? Maybe it's worth having that conversation. Maybe it's worth throwing down so your relationship can grow up. And you know what? When we do it, tough as it is, there can be so much life on the other side of it. Thanks again for listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast. I hope we've given you something to make you think. If you'd like more information about our community, check us out at woodlanechurch.org. Or if you happen to be in the Finger Lakes area, come check us out live on a Sunday morning. On next week's episode, not every relationship is the same. Sometimes relationships change over time or after conflict. So how do we make sure that our relationships stay in the safety zone? And what do we do when they have crashed through the guardrails and are flying off into the ditch? Find out next time on the Woodlane Worship Podcast.